well, this business isn't working. I'm going to move on. And you're like, should you move on? And sometimes you should. But there are other times where it's just like, no, you you just need to learn or, or get better or be okay with just failing and then finally breaking through. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. This is the show where we interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn the stories of their challenges and successes with their business dreams. Today, I am so thrilled to have a very creative and adventurous businessman on the show. Welcome, Chris Waters of Constructed Adventures. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Chris, uh, so full confession, you aren't an East Idaho business owner now, are you? No, I'm not. And I hope that I might be the first one that's not, but maybe not the last as you expand uh, into the rest of the country. Yeah, you are actually the first guest that I've had that's not from East Idaho, but I couldn't help it. It's my show and I get to do what I want to do. And so (laughs) you are on the show. Um, And the reason that Chris is on the show, because uh, we had Chris here just a couple of weeks ago for Kevin's 50th birthday. And so, Chris, can you tell us what Constructed Adventures is and kind of why I had you here with Kevin's birthday? Yes. Uh, Constructed Adventures is me. It's my business uh, where I travel from state to state and sometimes to other countries uh, with the goal of trying to build a seemingly serendipitous uh, perfect day where the day just kind of revolves around someone. Oftentimes, they're very puzzly. I think escape room outdoors. Um, But there's a little bit more than that. Uh, Some people use the term scavenger hunt, which doesn't quite do it justice. Um, Renee, you could probably speak to it a little bit because you were one of my inside agents. And then after that, you were one of the participants uh, who was clueless to the day. And so you might be able to describe the day almost better than I can. Yeah, it was such a fantastic day. So um, what Chris did for us, I wanted to have a special day for Kevin's 50th birthday. And he created the king and his court. And so it was all around chess, which was quite interesting because we're not a chess family. But we learned about chess through this adventure. (laughs) We picked up our, you can correct me, Chris, but rooks and pawns. And those were our children. Um, He, who was the king, picked up his queen, which was obviously me. So along the day as it uh, evolved, we were able to join him along his adventure. And it was it was like a six-hour adventure. We started at 11 o'clock in the morning and ended at a party, a surprise party for him at 6.30. So there were quite a few things that happened in between the 11 and 6.30 time where we had to solve puzzles. And um, thankfully, my daughter had a lifeline to Chris because we got stumped on a couple of them and he helped. So yeah, it was great. Uh, Chris would not let me meet him prior because he wanted me to be a part of the immersed in the experience. And boy, was I. So it was such a blast. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, really, it, it started earlier in the week because I, we, you and I had spoken and worked to intercept him uh, to make sure that he kept the day open. Uh, your husband is a, a bit of a workaholic, and so I could see him scheduling some kind of business meeting or something of the sort. Uh, so we had to do that. And then when he was on his business trip, he got intercepted when he was in Nashville with the the, the king, the first chess piece. And 
it was it was kind of a tough call for me because chess is such a cool game because it's probably one of the most well-known at least just by name games in the world and the parallels to chess in real life are somewhat obvious in that you have to think ahead and sometimes make sacrifices and you know be strategic and this whole day with with Kevin was about uh paying tribute to the skills that made him so successful and how we have that hedonic treadmill mentality where it's just you just kind of wake up and you do things and, and you go to work and then 50 years later you don't really realize or sometimes it could be tough to reflect on how successful you've been uh, and just diving into his life a little bit it was really cool to see what he'd done with the shop and if you listen back to the first episode of east idaho entrepreneurs you'll be able to hear his story so i'm hoping if you've made it to me you've heard that one already and maybe you need to go back and give it a listen uh but he took a you know a, a full service gas station and essentially turned it into two full service car maintenance um, repair shops uh, and two very good and successful and highly rated ones at that. Uh, and I can tell um, any listener from experience that it's not easy starting a business or taking a business or growing a business. And sometimes it can be hard to step back because going from one to two, a one business to two very separate businesses uh, is very impressive. And so the whole day was to try to reflect on that and use some of the skills and then the theme, the skin that was wrapped in was chess. Yeah, it was so fun. And, and you did a great job honoring him. So talk to me about that. I mean, obviously you really customized it for us. Tell me, how Mm -hmm. do you do that for each of your clients? How do you get to know them? I know for us, you were here a week prior to his birthday. You were in Idaho Falls studying East Idaho and all of the things that we had here. Tell me about the preparation you do prior to doing one of these adventures for your clients. Yeah. So I, it always starts with somebody reaching out to me 99% of the time. It's uh, through just a form on my website um, where it says, Hey, tell me about the person that you want to do this adventure for, or that deserves it. Why do they deserve it? Uh, And so it starts there. And honestly, it's, um, it's kind of my first in, it's my first experience with this potential client. Uh, and I have some people that just are very lazy about filling it out. And they're like, I want to do it for my dad. You know, he does this or my husband, or I want to propose to my girlfriend. And, and if, if the, um, if, if they don't fill it out very well, or I can tell they just kind of did it very lazy. Oftentimes I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if we're a good fit. I'm not sure if it's going to be the right fit because if I don't feel the passion, uh, you know, about this person, it's somebody I'm going to be in contact with for the next you know, half a year as we slowly start to prep this thing. Uh, and so that's, that's the beginning. And then we reach out and have phone conversations and emails and uh, figure out if budget wise, it's going to be the right fit. Um, every once in a while, I'll have someone that reaches out that says, I, I want to do a bachelor party in New York and my budget is $500. And I was like, I don't think you understand the costs <laughs> that are going to go into this. Um, and then I do some pre-scouting. So I, uh, if there is social media, I do a little bit of stalking on social media. Um, as you remember, there's a pretty in-depth survey you have to fill out, which has everything from phobias and allergies to on a scale of the movie Hitch with Will Smith, the movie National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. How do you want your, your adventure day? Um, and then I fly in usually a little bit more than a week in advance. Uh, mostly just so, you know, in the case of yours, it was on a Thursday. I want to be able to walk and drive around the areas that I've looked at online. 
um, on that same day during those same times to make sure that there isn't like a farmer's market that Google just failed to mention. Um, <laughs> or if there are sporting events at this park at this time, which can be a little bit tricky because the YMCA's don't always, they're not always updating everything as much as they should. And so I like to see it with my own eyes um, just to make sure I don't run into any surprises. Building up and teasing and then running the day. Yeah, your level of preparation was very impressive. Now, remind me, where are you located? Like, do you have a home, Chris? Or are you just always on the road? Uh, so I travel so much that I'm technically homeless. My mom <laughs> hates it when I say this because um, she's like, you always have a home with me. And and I do. I um uh, I have uh, people to stay with in what I consider my hometown of San Diego, California. Uh, that is where my storage and PO box are located. And so I'll get home after being gone for a month or two and, you know, go to my PO box uh, or my UPS box and they have a bunch of stuff for me and then go, go drop things off in my storage and change out some of my clothes. And, and, uh, and right now I am in San Diego, my next one that I have in San Diego. And then I, fly to Phoenix where I'll be doing a marriage proposal and then Miami for um, a big birthday celebration and then back to Phoenix where a, like a big pharmaceutical company has hired me um, to do a big thing for one of the conventions they have, kind of a, like a game that goes on during the convention. And, uh, and I'm traveling everywhere to Saskatoon, Canada, Barcelona, um, East Coast, West Coast, uh, and I love it. But yes, it is stressful. And no, I do not technically have a home. <laughs> yeah, you I can see why, though, because really, you're all over the place. So um, I guess that, uh, you know, it fits for you. And I'm so glad that you love it, because you do such a great job with this. So tell me, oh, how you. did you even get started? Like, where did this idea even begin? Yeah, so I'd like to attribute my mom a little bit. She was the kind of person that on Easter and Christmas do a little kind of treasure scavenger hunts around the home, you know, to kill time in the morning as we looked for our stockings so her and my dad could get, you know, precious 20 more minutes of sleep. Uh, and she was the creative one that, that, that did this. But I, um, I just, I, it, it all started, the business actually started with a website called Reddit, which uh, for anybody who's unaware is, gosh, probably the seventh most popular website in the world. Uh, it's, is anything that goes viral usually hit Reddit like three days ago, and then it just gets grabbed and thrown all over Facebook and Instagram. Um, but essentially it's a giant website. It's a huge community, uh, that's thousands and thousands of smaller communities. And so there's a community for everything. I'm sure there's a community, there's a subreddit for Idaho. There's a subreddit for people that play the ukulele. There's a subreddit for people that post pictures of, um, corgi butts. You know how those corgi dogs have the big fluffy butts? There's yeah. an entire subreddit dedicated to just like pictures of corgi butts. And so one of the subreddits is a Secret Santa gift exchange where every holiday season, Christmas time, um, 100,000 people sign up. They get matched with somebody. So I get a gifty. Somebody else gets me. And then you stalk them, quote unquote. You look at the comments they've made on Reddit or if they link social media or Amazon or Twitter or Pinterest or any of those. Um, you look at those and then you ship them a gift you think that they would like. Um, the recommended amount is 20 bucks. Uh, some people go way overboard. Bill Gates participates. Noop Dog participates. Um, I think the CEO of eBay did it this year. They're celebrities. And some people get nothing. They kind of get the shaft. 
Um, but you can sign up to rematch if you want to gift two people. Uh, and then some people get, uh, you know, a thousand dollars cash or sent on a cruise or a new Nintendo switch or an Xbox, right? It just kind of varies. Yeah. Um, I've been, yeah, I've been doing it for years and I got matched with a guy who lived 20 minutes away. Uh, and I was working for a software company. I was making good money. Uh, and I, he was just like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build this internet stranger, like this ridiculous treasure scavenger hunt day to find his gift because I have the money and he seems really cool and I can. Uh, and so I, long story short, I built this day, which I just kind of kept coming up with better ideas. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start with this old century old suitcase and it's going to have all these envelopes and a box with a chain wrapped around it. It's going to send him to the zoo where he has to decode messages with animal plaques that he finds, you know, uh, and that's going to bring him to a restaurant where the server's going to say, we were expecting you order whatever you want. Everything's already been paid for. And then the middle of a mirror maze where someone's like, are you Mr. Royal Scotsman? Cause that was his Reddit username. I was instructed to give you this. I'm like, hands them the wax sealed envelope. And it just like, I just kept coming up with fun, cool ideas. Like, oh, well, how cool would it be if you, you know, hiked to the top of this place and somebody came up to him? And what about this speakeasy bar that's underground? It's really hidden. Um, and as I was doing it, people just said, this is really cool. Uh, people would pay money for this and you should start a business. And I had kind of dabbled in business uh, when I was in college. I, I uh, had a very small t-shirt making company where we made anti the other team shirts um and that lasted until i got a cease and desist letter because copyright <laughs> infringement is real yeah but i never considered a business it was just like oh, i made a thousand dollars now um but i had a, a dear friend of mine uh, who was an acquaintance at the time he was boyfriend of a friend who was weird enough to wake up on a sunday morning in december and hand deliver a century-old optometrist stu- suitcase to an internet stranger uh, i took him out to breakfast and said hey thank you and he said this is spectacular I'm going to build you a website. You're going to start a business. What's your business name? Wow. And I said, ah, Constructed Adventures. He said, okay, let me see if the URL's there. It's good. Uh, when my gifty posted the day, like my Santa sent me on this insane puzzle treasure scavenger hunt for my gift. Um, it ended up hitting the front page of Reddit. Uh, and my little website, which had nothing on it, had pictures of Nicolas Cage from National Treasure and one snapshot that I took of, you know, all the boxes. Um, and it hit the front page of Reddit and it got, I think 11 or 12,000 hits in that night. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And then the next day was insane. The news had called and they wanted to do a story on it. And I was actually traveling for the holidays, with my family and, and, uh, started a side business out of it and just sacrificed my social life for two years. <laughs> Did this as a side business as I worked full time, uh, and then just jumped ship October, 2017. And now I do this full time. And you still don't have a social life. <laughs> a little bit more. Actually, it's, it's, it's interesting. I have less of a, I guess, static social life where it's like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go surfing right now and then we're going to hit the bars this weekend. It's like, hey, we haven't seen each other since we were on drumline together in college. Can I stay at your house for a week? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. So it's, it's allowed me to see more people and you know, I've amassed so many points with different credit cards and Southwest and whatnot that I'll have a week off. And since I'm homeless, I'm like, can I just come visit you and we'll hang out and I'll just buy you groceries for a week and you let me stay there and we'll go out and do this. And they say, yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's allowed for a different kind of social life, but it, it can get lonely. You know, when I was in Idaho Falls for a week to the surprise of very few, I didn't have a 
close old friend that, that still lived in Idaho Falls. Um, <laughs> and so it was just me. But it's uh, there's something very zen and very relaxing about just waking up and being able to just put stuff in my backpack and drive to the falls and that river and walk around that way and go into different businesses and talk about what I'm trying to pull off and see if they want to they want to participate as a stop or help in any way. And so it's it's wonderful. I love yeah. it. Well, now you have a friend in Idle Falls. So if that happens again, you have to <laughs> yes. I know. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So tell me a little bit about um, how, uh, I guess, what is the craziest adventure you've ever put together? So when you think about all of these things, how many have you done so far? Uh, I just completed adventure number 54. Um, two days ago uh, in Portland. Yours was 53 um, in Idaho Falls. Uh, the, gosh, I've done, I've done some, I've done some varying levels of different craziness. Um, I did one in San Francisco where it was for a couple. Uh, and in the survey, when, when he had, when we talked about what he wanted the budget to go towards, because that's kind of one of the questions. Um, he wanted it to really be like a, a story, like a narrative. And so I took this book that's very meaningful to their very new marriage that they have um, and incorporate all the friends. And the book's called The Jitterbug Perfume. Uh, you either absolutely love it or you've never heard of it. Uh, I had never heard of it. Um, and it's actually a pretty good book. Uh, but the whole premise of the story is, you know, there's this perfume in a blue bottle that is the key to immortality. And it is everything from a pagan god to, you know, jumping to different timelines. It's, it's interesting and weird, but wonderful. Um, and so I built her an adventure based on this story where they were instructed to get on a streetcar in San Francisco. And all of a sudden this guy, you know, in this, he looks very earthy and he's playing the character of Pan. He was an actor, jumps on and talks about how she's going to do this and help him with this. And then she gets to a place and her friend calls her up on the phone and says, I was told that I, uh, you know, I had this this divine intervention, and I need to tell you this information. And, and everywhere she'd go, there were new friends, and there were actors that played wow. along. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I did, yeah, I did one in Orlando where uh, a private helicopter took a woman to a wild animal park where an otter came out with a little clue strapped to his back. So I was like to tell people I had an otter hand off a clue. Um, <laughs> that was another big one too. And then uh, doing a, a marriage proposal in in Barcelona this year. Uh, and the gentleman is very creative, and he has a very, very big budget, as you can imagine. Uh, and so I'm excited to see what I'm able to pull off with that one, too. Yeah, I'm excited to see that, too, how fun that will be. So how do, yes. you, like, you, do you advertise for this, or is this mainly word of mouth? I can tell you, as you know, I heard about you on Guy Raz's uh, podcast called How I Built This. Mm -hmm. You were the how I built that. Um, so yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, he's basing this podcast off of your formula that you created, correct? Because it sounds like uh, you know you're you're so well established that he uh, he 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 clearly took some ideas <laughs> from your podcast, right? It might be the other way around, but yes, I like what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. obviously I'm a big fan and I heard you on there and mm -hmm. that's where I learned about you. But tell me, how do people learn about this? Yeah, so I can kind of tell you basically all the big hits that have, have caused me to be successful. So the first one was the front page of Reddit. Um, if you get 11,000 people on your website in a day, you're going to get some clients, no matter where you are or what you charge or whatnot. Uh, and so that was the first one. Um, it also helps that I, I'm a little bit scarce. I'm not like an escape room where, you know, you can, the escape room can have 
10, 10 groups go through in a day. I schedule mine out maybe every week, every two weeks usually. I try to do, if possible, schedule about a week and a half because I need that time to prep and, and you know, um, focus. And so it started with Reddit. Uh, then the the thing that actually really jumped jumped me was was being on how I built this. Um, what ended up happening was I had I was so tired of my job and so ready to just I was just over it. It was a terrible place to work. Um, it had like it had advertised itself as like a really fun place to work, but really they just didn't have anything handled. They were just good at that what they looked like. And so I, I got out um, and I. I I think I did a four week exit plan, right? Because I didn't want to just jump ship, um, but I wanted to, yeah. And so two weeks in, I was listening to how I built this and he was like, Hey, yeah. Like if you have something you're building, why don't you reach out to us? And so I reached out and um, didn't think anything of it that night. And the next day, um, I get a call on the constructed adventures line, which I hadn't really gotten any calls because I, I moved and I kind of suspended the business a little bit, moved to San Diego from Arizona. And now I was like just getting it back up, just starting to. And so uh, I went to voicemail because I was working, uh, called them back at lunch. It was the intern at uh, how he built this. And <laughs> wow. she said, tell me the story. This sounds amazing. And so I went through the whole spiel for the entire hour. She said, perfect. I'm going to talk to um, Anita Grant, I think editor, producer. And uh, if, if she's interested, we'll reach out in you know a week or two. And I go back to work. And then an hour later, I get another call on the Constructed Adventures line. And I just stopped my work because I was like, that's, that's, that's NPR. I know. Yeah, I need to, I need and to she said, <laughs> yeah. So she said, this is amazing. Tell me everything again. So I sat in a conference room on the phone with her for an hour. And she said, okay, our, our, how you built that uh, for this Sunday just fell through. How soon can you have an interview? And I said, how soon can you talk to me? And so the next morning... They're on the East Coast. I wake up in the West Coast at 5 a.m., um, have a phone conversation where I have to hold my regular phone up to my ear. And then I had an old iPhone with a recording app on it. Um, and Very I did that for an hour. And a, yes, yeah, <laughs> hour and a half in the corner of my apartment, which is the only place that I got self-service. And then uh, that was on Wednesday. And they said, okay, it should drop this Sunday. Don't tell anyone because we aren't sure. You know, we can't. Do that. We'll let you know when you do the all clear. Um, and on Friday, they said yes, it will be dropping this Sunday night at midnight East Coast time, nine nine p.m. Pacific. And uh, and so it was very exciting and nerve wracking because I am aware of how popular of a podcast, right? Um, how we built this is. I think it's number. It's in the top ten usually. So it dropped the Sunday Monday of my last week of work. And I had a couple friends at work that came in that had clearly heard it. And they were like, eh, Because eh. I, like, <laughs> I talked about like the soul crushing job I was leaving. And I was like, I sure hope the oh, CEO sure. doesn't look yeah, right. how I built this. <laughs> um, and then uh, nothing really happened at first. And then all of a sudden uh, I was working in the morning and I see like, like form submission. Because whenever anybody goes to my site, it says Squarespace, form submission. Somebody submitted a form to hire you. And just kept dinging and buzzing, and I get a call, and then I checked my website traffic halfway through the day. It was like you got, you know, 500 people have been on your site so far. I was like, oh, wow. this is great. So in the end, what happened was I ended up getting about like immediately I got about 3,000 hits to the website. The big difference between how I built this and Reddit from a marketing standpoint is the users and listeners. Where Reddit is anybody, and it's usually skewed like toward 
slightly younger, like anywhere between mid late teens up until the 30s, where how I built this is a bunch of very entrepreneurialistic people um, who might be a little bit more successful. So I got a lot more qualified leads per hit. Um, <laughs> if you want to go into that yes. marketing terms, I it was the most frantic week and exciting week of my life because I was working full time trying to gracefully exit this company. Uh, and then trying to make sure I could catch as much in this net as possible because I just hit the jackpot. Yeah. Uh, and then the Monday after my last day of work on Friday, I uh, woke up and I had full meetings the entire week, phone calls of everything, you know, people that wanted to help and people that wanted to hire me and people that wanted to try to do the business that I do and, and all of that. And then after that, it was in October and I was basically booked out through April. Um, I did an ask me anything on Reddit and that hit the front page as well. And that netted about 70,000, 80,000 hits in a day. And wow. then that booked me out solid for the rest of the year. Um, every year I do another Reddit secret Santa gift exchange. So whoever I get as my gifty, I will just fly out to their location and be there for a week and build them some insane day. And uh, that usually hits, hits well on Reddit. And it's, so it's just, I do a lot of Reddit, um, which I would not rec recommend as like an active marketing platform because it can be very finicky. Um, and then I try to get interviewed on podcasts like these and get in the news because my business is weird and unique. And so it, uh, it lends itself well um, to, to marketing. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure excited. I can tell you, I was probably one of those that hit your uh, page on that day after I heard it from how I built that. And um, I just want everybody to know, I booked Chris like 10 months before Kevin's birthday. So I tried to <laughs> lock you down really soon. So I knew that I could get you. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I remember you, you reached out in June because I was in Nashville at the time. I remember pulling over on my way to like a coffee shop or something and having a conversation with you. And at that time, I, you know, I still had space open in August and September. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Like this is for as far as April. Like it was great. And also very stressful because it adds that like, Oh gosh, now I, this person has given me a down payment. I just have oh, their good. money. Like, I, <laughs> I need to, I need, yeah, my, my CPA is like, great. You have so much profit. I was like, no, no, no. Like thousands and thousands of dollars of those are like the down payment to pay for the adventure and right. then I get paid the actual profit afterwards. So I'm yeah. always constantly making sure I'm aware of what money's my money and what money is technically someone else's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that's a challenge to keep track of all of that. Well, Chris, tell me, have you, what is your single greatest struggle? Have you struggled with this uh, adventure that you're doing? What would you say um, has been one of the biggest challenges? Honestly, sometimes procrastination a little bit. Uh, I am very, I am very good in the clutch, and I always have been, which is not necessarily the best thing because it causes me to be like, I'll be okay. I will pull this off. This will work out well. Um, and I had this a little bit in in Portland in this last one because I was staying with one of my best friends, the the gentleman who helped me found the business, who made the website. We've been great friends ever since. And you know when when you travel to a new place and you know it's not as hard when I went to Idaho Falls because it's me in a hotel room and I'm good for a week and I have nothing I don't really have any distractions right not uh, much but when I go to a place there yeah I'm back in San Diego doing an adventure this upcoming Saturday I have friends that are like 
the surf is good. We should go surfing. And I was like, Oh, I really would like to, but I have to go scout and do this. And, and there are some things that just have to be locked down. So I'd say sometimes it's a little bit procrastination. Um, other times it's just, uh, you know, it's, these things are imperfect and, you know, we can plan and do everything. And then all of a sudden it's raining sideways on the day of, and we can figure this about a day or two before, and we have to, you know, try to change all of these things that we've planned and we've worked on and we've thought about. Um, and sometimes I'll have all these things locked in, uh, like in the case of yours, I wasn't able to get that museum because I went and I toured the museum. I was like, this is cool. And then I asked about that, you know, the archives room, which is yeah. where we had you know, information about the grandparents and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and they said, oh, you'll have to talk to the, um, have to talk to the, the curator of the museum. Uh, here's her email. And so I sent her an email, not expecting necessarily to hear anything back. And then later in the week, she was like, oh my gosh, yes, like we absolutely can. I was like, okay, I've planned some things, but I think I can move them around. So oftentimes that happens too, where it's lots of tweaks and moving around to try to create that. And it's just juggling so many different things, trying to make sure that it all works out for the actual participant. Yeah. Well, and I know that I threw you another curveball because at the last minute I said my son really couldn't join us until later in the day and you had to kind of reevaluate when he was going to join us. Yes. And I, I keep things very flexible. I always build out contingencies. So every, most of the time when I finish an adventure, there's wax sealed envelopes with specific instructions that are just left over. Um, in this case, there's a young lady who um, it was her golden birthday. And so everything and golden birthday I learned is if you are 30 years old and you were born on, you know, January 30th or March 30th or something like that, that's your golden birthday. Um, I missed mine because I'm born on February 7th. And so I missed that when I was seven years old. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so the idea was she was going to be in the zoo figuring things out. And the zoo is kind of tricky because, you know, if you saw all the puzzles and you're just like gearing to go, you can burn through that in 30 minutes. But if you decide you want to take your time and see other animals that you're not instructed to go towards, it might take a little bit longer. And so I built out a stop, depending on how she was pacing at the zoo, her next stop will either be at this uh, Chinese garden or at this underground speakeasy. Um, and so I had two envelopes and I was like, which one is she going to get? And once she hit a certain <laughs> threshold that she hadn't come out of the zoo yet, that one was the one that was placed the person that was supposed to meet her at the at the Chinese garden ended up moving to the spot after that and everything worked out really well. And so it, it is just a matter of trying to, trying to guess a lot of things that are really, really hard to guess. Yeah. I, I can testify to that, that Chris was always just one step ahead of us. So he knew where we were and if we were getting our clues and the time that we were doing it. So it went off perfectly. And I think, you know, that's the difference in maybe my neighbor doing a scavenger hunt and hiring Chris to do it. It's going to be masterfully <laughs> planned and there are no hitches because he does an amazing yeah, job. Yeah, I have, I have definitely made a lot of mistakes um, and learned a lot of lessons that nobody else I can, I can say with pretty good certainty, there's very few, if any other people that would be like, nope, you don't try this when you're doing this because of this, 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 and this. And there are some obvious ones. Don't use open flame for romantic gestures. If you want to have a house lit with candles, just use the fake votives. They are more <laughs> expensive up front, but they are a lot less expensive if you burn the rug or a curtain or <laughs> everything. So it's just little things like that. Timing, inclinations about people. 
um, trying to guess how quickly they're going to figure things out or how fast they're going to move, if they're a runner, if they're a walker, all those little things. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's a, it's amazing to see how you work. So, Chris, as, as you have done this business, you've kind of probably had to learn how to run a business. Have you run into anything Oof. where you were like, what in the heck am I doing? Like, I, I, I'm really creative and I do this adventure great, but are, how did you learn how to be a businessman? Oh, God, I had so much help. Um, for, the, for the business people that are trying to start something, um, the, the rules that I give them are just start. Everyone can think of a reason why, why you shouldn't like, oh, we need to get a logo designed or I need to get my LLC first or I need to do like, no, just start. Um, just start doing things. It's both a blessing and a curse that you're insignificant. So nobody cares, right? Don't worry about taxes. You will be fine. You know, if you're not making a certain amount anyway, it doesn't matter. People like to think like, oh, I have to figure out how my taxes are going to work before I make any money. And you're like, no, just make the money. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll it'll be work okay. Out. Yes. Uh, but it's it, it has been just a ton of lessons. And it, it's why I started this as a side business first, because I was making perfect, like I was making plenty of money. So any profit that I could make in this business, I could dump right back into the business um, and not have to worry about it. My first two years was was to break even. My goal was to always have things that I could purchase, whether it was just paying for gas or just purchasing more materials that I could end up kind of stockpiling, you know, more ink and wax and envelopes and chests and weird cryptexes and things like that. Um, and so that helped too, just taking it procedurally and slowly. Uh, and then I surrounded myself with a ton of other entrepreneurialistic people. I stopped going out on Fridays, um, partially because I was always working on Saturdays and usually I was under the gun trying to do the last minute touches. But um, since I work remote, uh, my good friend who I've mentioned multiple times, uh, he also has a business where he could be anywhere. Um, he mostly stays at home in Portland, but working from home can be tough tough to stay focused. It can, it's, it's easy to go into an office and work because there's other people doing the same work and there's that social pressure to also do work. But at home, you're like, you know what? I can just go outside. Like, I can go do this. Right. I don't have to do anything. So surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurialistic people where you're constantly saying, hey, wh what are you doing next? We're going to talk again tomorrow or Wednesday or uh, next week. What are our goals that we're going to say, yes, I completed this. Like This is my success. Um, and so that really helped too. And then just, I, uh, I just slowly raised my prices and I'm finally getting into a point where I'm, um, you know, comfortable, could have a home, uh, if I find the right living, living situation, still kind of suspect with it just because I'm home 10 to 20% of the year and it just doesn't feel like a smart move financially, but right. it just, People tend to see, you know, and if you listen to how I built this or your show, you know, you a lot of times you're talking to someone who owns a full business, right? That's been running for a long time, and you hear about this, but you you don't hear about, you know, I guess like it, it's hard to convey the slog and just every single day, you, even when you talk to or listen to the founder of Instagram or Airbnb. The things you tend to focus on is like that final moment when they got their huge, you know, investing, like everybody invested in their company or this huge moment where they finally, all of a sudden they got all these numbers and you, you don't hear about all these people that do the same things they do, but they just don't get lucky. Um, and so it's, it's a mix of just working very hard, putting yourself in a good position to get lucky and getting lucky. I've gotten extremely lucky in my life. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I think there's so many of us and 
and we perceive that people's success is overnight. Well, they didn't see the two years mm-hmm. that you, you know, had two different jobs that you were trying to do this and um, nothing really happens that fast for people. You have to put in the time. And like mm-hmm. you said, the slog. Yeah. We're in kind of a, a world of, of instant gratification, right? I think uh, Aziz Ansari, who is a, he's an actor, he's a comedian. He was on Parks and Rec. He kind of nailed it where he said, you know, I live in New York. I could get the best tacos in the world at 3 a.m. this morning if I wanted to. If I really wanted to, I could. It's not hard. My parents, you know, like, and he, he put it in terms of dating, right? We can get whatever he wants whenever he, whenever he wants it. His parents were an arranged marriage. And nowadays, you know, you start dating and, and you just like, well, this person is perfect. So I'm going to move on. Same thing with yeah. business. Like, well, this business isn't working. I'm going to move on. And you're like, should you move on? And sometimes you should. But there are other times where it's just like, no, you just you just need to learn or, or get better or be okay with just failing over and over and over and over again uh, and then finally breaking through. So there's it's definitely a mix of learning from your mistakes and making sure you don't make the same mistake twice, uh, getting a little bit lucky and being persistent. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, what is the vision for uh, the future for Constructed Adventures? What, what, what do you have in store for us? <laughs> um, right now, I'm just doing what I'm doing. I'm traveling a lot more, and I've afforded myself to, like I said, be a little bit more picky about my clients. You know, when you're booked out really far in advance and someone reaches out really far in advance for an opening, you have time to say, like, okay, well, I could take them. Um, I will have more opportunities of more people. Um, and so is this a good feeling? Uh, so part of it is uh, just getting to the top of the mountain and smelling the air for a bit. You know, there's nothing wrong with having something that you love and doing it well and just kind of tweaking and perfecting it because my perfect world isn't necessarily making millions of dollars, although that'd be nice. I think my perfect world is making decent money, but just having a lot more time, you know, being able to go to do your adventure on Thursday uh, and then fly to a friend's wedding on Friday and then go on a cruise on Sunday until the next Thursday when I fly to other spots. The, uh, this business has awarded me uh, a lot of flexibility in my life to where I can kind of go and do where and what I want. Um, that being said, I am always trying to grow and develop. Um, so the easy answer is I just continue to kind of raise my prices as I book out and become a little bit more comfortable. Um, I'm starting to work on a like a box product. That I'm going to try to have this Christmas where um, it's kind of like a kit that parents can purchase um, for their kids or for loved ones uh, for like a small miniature one, either around the house or possibly the surrounding areas using items that are in most homes, you know, microwave, dishwasher, washing machine, closet, bookcase, TV. Um, and the, the main goal is to have parents buy some extra time uh, in the morning on Christmas morning. So their kids are trying to figure out puzzles and clues to where their stockings are, or like yeah. one gift they're allowed to open up. Um, I think that'd just be fun and kind of a cool service. I, I do have a TV production company, which is trying to sell a show um, where I work to do kind of wholesome pranks, so to speak. You know, think Punked, that show that Ashton Kutcher where they prank celebrities, except uh, instead of Justin Timberlake, like crying on his doorstep because he thinks his house <laughs> is getting repossessed. It's like, it's just fun, whimsical, crazy day that you're sent on and you didn't see coming. Yeah. So if, that, if that happens, it'll just happen. Um, and then I do have some protégés that I've been training and it's been great being booked out because I can pass good clients onto these protégés. Uh, and right now I'm just, I just want them to be successful because I had a lot of help 
becoming what I am. So who would I be to not help other people? Um, and frankly, competition's good. Rising tide raises all ships. Um, but in the future, once they are a little bit more established, I'm going to keep this engine that I've created. And every time they get clients, I'm going to take a small like finder's fee, essentially. So it's all just little things to try to just make my life a little bit more comfortable um, and make other people successful and happy and help to foster a world where people get excited when somebody approaches them in a convention or when they get a, an envelope from an unknown sender that has some instructions. Uh, that's really the, the big goal for me is to create a world of excitement and intrigue. Yeah, it's just so fun. I, I love it. And I think that you'll have a lot of parents really happy with you about your <laughs> Christmas morning kits. So I hope that that happens. Yeah. I, I, if well, I thank you so much. Things, I would be investing in that myself. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I have no idea how to make an actual box product. Um, but I think it would be really cool to make a small batch of them and see how they do because I think it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And some people just need a little bit of help. You know, they just yeah. need a little bit of steering. And you'd be surprised what, what you could pull off trying to do something like this for others. It's It's very, very difficult, but it's also not as hard as you might think. Yeah, it's so fun. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time today. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us? Um, and how do the listeners contact you if they're interested in hiring you for their own special occasion? <laughs> yes, if you would like to contact me, I recommend the easiest way is just go on my website. It is www.constructedadventures. So constructed past tense. Adventures, plural. But imagine in the show notes that you'll see the name of the business. Right. Um, at the bottom of the page has the submission form and you can say, Hey, I want to hire you. Uh, you could always email me or give me a call. All of those on the website, social media is all the same, you know, Instagram, Twitter. I think I have a Twitter. I don't know if I have a Twitter, um, <laughs> Facebook, just it's all, if you just type constructed adventures into any search bar, I'm sure I'll come up pretty high. Um, so that's the best way to go about it. Um, otherwise if you are, you know, if you are a creative person, uh, and you're like, hey, I've done these for people. Don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to steer you in the direction of starting something. Um, I have worked with a lot of people that have reached out. And out of those lots of people, there are three solid um, individuals, one in uh, D.C., one in L.A., and one in Denver, who have now either have websites or are almost done with websites and have uh, done adventures. Um, that I have sent to them and have made money. And so it's been really, really cool seeing um, people be successful. So if you ever need any help, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to at least have a quick conversation with you to say, do this, do this, don't do this, definitely do this. Yeah, that's so great. Thank you for paying it forward and helping others uh, kind of follow their dreams of being able to do what you're doing. So I think that's a great service. That's so fun. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, um, Chris, it was so fun talking to you today. I miss you. I wish you were in Idaho Falls, but I know <laughs> you have lots of other great places to be. So I'll have to find another occasion to get you here to East Idaho. Um, thanks, oh, yes, for, <laughs> thanks for your creativity and sense of adventure and for bringing that to others so they can have a lifelong memory of the special occasion like we do. Uh, you offer something so special and I can't wait to see what your next constructed adventure is. And I definitely follow him on Instagram and he posts things every once in a while. And so it's just fun to kind of live vicariously through his, as his. Adventure. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you to all of you for joining us today. As a reminder, our show is sponsored by Oswald service and repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexford. Please visit us when you need quality automotive repair provided with integrity and honesty. 
Our family is honored to take care of your family. And uh, please stay tuned for the leadership moment, which will be next. And we'll see you next time. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon, an East Idaho business conference held every November. And it's not that far away, guys, so check it out at www.risecon.com. And Rise is spelled with a Z. Also, they have an event that's monthly, that's a mastermind event, networking on steroids. Great things are happening there. Um, Please check that out if you'd like to attend. Uh, That's a monthly event. And then on occasion, they have RiseX Connect. So there's just some amazing networking and learning growth opportunities for your business that are out there. I really encourage you to check out. All right, today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about being that leader, whether that's a leader in your family or in your business or in your community. Um, We're all leaders in some way. And today, I I mean, this week, I had an opportunity to have a good personal experience around what it means to be a leader. So I was uh, blessed with the fortunate opportunity to coach a healthcare team around their leadership development. And we were talking about accountability. Um, and I happened to have a leadership role in this healthcare team. And as I was editing or I was uh, studying the results, we did a pre-assessment and we were looking at where our team lies in accountability. Um, And as I was looking at those results, I was a little bit surprised to see that the teamwork um, was lower than I had anticipated it being. Um, And I really took some time to ponder what this meant for our team and what was going on because we have a really functional team. We're doing some great work and these guys are amazing leaders, I think. So it was surprising to me to see this. And uh, the epiphany that I had is that uh, although I do preach accountability, I definitely fall off that platform on occasion. And I feel like I may have been leading my team in some behaviors that are not uh, example, you know, the best example. Um, I think last week I told you in the show the things that uh, assessed accountability culture, and one of those was talk to and not about people. Um, and as I really pondered what was going on in our team, I recognized that I have not always been the best example about talking to and not about. Um, and I. I think, you know, it it was evident in some of the behaviors that were happening in the team. So what I wanted to just tell you with this experience that I had is that I had a mentor tell me one time, uh, you know, you're looking around at your team and you're saying that there's these behaviors. And she said, you need to hold a mirror up and look at yourself. And she gave me the example of if I'd been out in a windstorm and my hair was all a mess, would I reach into the mirror to straighten out my hair. And of course I wouldn't, right? I would fix my own hair on my head. And that was the point. So I think as we're looking around and we're seeing things that are broken in our teams, in our culture, in our families, whatever that is, um, I think we could be best served by looking in the mirror and seeing what we needed to do uh, for ourselves first. Um, This same mentor says that 
as you change, the environment around you can't help but change. And I so believe that from the bottom of my heart because I have experienced that. And with that, knew that I had some influence on what I could do with the team that I led. So we had a lot of conversation around um, not eroding our team with those behaviors. And I hope to say that in a, in a few months, I can tell you that it was a smashing success, that we're even stronger than we are now. So I um, hope you guys can all learn from my experience and do a little work yourself in looking in the mirror and figuring out what you can do to change yourself. I promise the environment around you cannot help but change when you do that, and you will be um, more satisfied and more productive and have a better team, family, life, whatever that looks like. Um, and I wish you all the best looking in the mirror and doing yourself work. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.